In addition, there's also tax hikes. So in the current bill, there's a 15% minimum tax for large corporations that report profits of over a billion dollars to shareholders. There's also going to be a 15% minimum tax on foreign profits of U.S. corporations and a 1% tax on stock buybacks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science, but it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it, and this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America and in the world, actually, invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives, and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and invest in with me, visit www.bluelake-capital.com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman, broadcasting from Providence, Rhode Island. And today I'm going to talk about the new tax bill and how it will impact real estate. Before we're going to get to this, just wanted to remind you that our $100 million fund, Rev Fund, is still open and accepting new investors. So whether you're actually a new investor or a current investor that wants to increase your investment, you can definitely reach out to us. You can do it by basically emailing Jeanette, our Director of Investor Relations, Jeanette at blake-capital.com, or you can just simply go to our website, www.blake-capital.com, and under Invest With Us, you can leave us your information, and we will get back to you. We also have an exciting new deal in Atlanta that I'm personally investing my money and my family's money. And so if you want to get more information about the deal and join us, you can reach out to us on the website or email Jeanette Robinson. All right. So there's been a lot of back and forth with the new tax bill. And it seems like every couple of days we've been hearing some new things that are changing, some new provisions and suggestions. And I want to cover what is going on right now. When I'm recording this, it's November 1st. So this will be the latest tax bill that changes and additions. And I will discuss what's in the tax bill and how it will impact real estate. So right now, as we know, the Democrats are trying to pass uh, tax hikes by the end of this year. There's a lot of back and forth. They're trying to get into a certain language that will be acceptable on everyone. You know, it started with three and a half trillion dollar plan that was scaled back to 1.75 trillion, which is still a huge number. Very, very expensive social program, which, you know, you can say it's justified or not. We're not going to discuss this here, but just to say that the whole idea behind adding more taxes and, and increasing taxes are to fund 
their social program. So this is what we're basically going to talk about today. So let's start with what's in the newest house bill, just in general, so you'll understand what is still there or what has been added recently, whether it's related to real estate or not, just so we can get a bit of a taste of what's going to happen. So first and foremost, there's a new income surtax, which it's a new tax basically that's supposed to be applicable to multi-millionaires and billionaires. So it's probably going to impact the top, you know, point zero two percent of Americans. So most of us are not going to be included in that. But what basically it says, and it's good to know, that five percent there's going to be five percent tax above any income of ten million, with an additional three percent tax on income above twenty five million. So the estimated income from this surtax is about two hundred and thirty billion dollars over the next ten years. That's the new surtax. In addition, there's also tax hikes. So in the current bill, there's a 15% minimum tax for large corporations that report profits of over a billion dollars to shareholders. There's also going to be a 15% minimum tax on foreign profits of U.S. corporations and a 1% tax on stock buybacks. So the idea behind the tax hikes is to prevent companies from using all kinds of tax strategies, whether they have a parent company that lives offshore, whether they have certain losses or certain tactics and strategies that they can lower their tax by setting a minimum tax that will be applicable to a lot of the large corporations. Another thing that is included in the new tax bill is related to education and childcare. So there's basically going to be a universal pre-K for all three and four years olds for about six years. There's going to be an extension of the child tax credit and earned income tax credit for one year, which could be good news for at least some of us. And there's going to be child care support for about 20 million children for the next six years and limits the cost to no more than 7% of income for families earning up to 250 percent of the state median income. As long as the parents are working or they're looking for a job or in training or, you know, dealing with a serious health issue that prevents them from working. The other part of the tax bill is about climate. So there's over half a billion in spending on climate. So that includes electric vehicles, clean energy tax credits for rooftop solar, you know, systems, clean energy production, investments in clean energy technology and manufacturing is also going to get some added benefits under this new tax bill. And the last part that I wanted to cover of what's included in the tax bill is related to healthcare. So there's an expansion of the Affordable Cares Act premium tax credit through 2025. They're also going to be $100 billion for reforms to reduce backlogs in the immigration asylum process. So as you can see, there's a lot to fund, and, and some of it is pretty much going to come from real estate, from other investments, and from profits for corporations and basically the top, you know, the wealthiest families and individuals in the U.S. So the good news is that a lot of the limitations in you you know, ideas that the Democrats were trying basically to bring to the table that they were dropped. So one of the best news that I've heard recently is that the proposed limitations on IRA investing in real estate 
are gone. We basically got emails and phone calls from concerned investors that invested through IRA, self-directed IRA, which basically means that they funnel their IRA money to a self-directed IRA company, and they give a direction to that company where to invest you know, the IRA, the retirement funds, so they can choose the real estate deals that they want to investing. And one of the earlier, basically, suggestions or languages in a tax bill was that this is not going to be allowed and there w- would be certain, I forget how much, if it was a year or two, where basically by the end of that period, investors would need to sell their shares and put the money back in the IRA. Well, that is gone, which is great news because a lot of investors are using their IRA money to invest in real estate and accumulate, you know, wealth and create basically wealth and grow returns and grow their money through the IRA as a tool to invest in real estate. So that's a good thing that was dropped from the current bill, the latest bill. Another good news is that there was a big portion of the tax bill that was dropped, which was called a death tax. I mean, it's basically the proposed limitation to cut the estate tax exemption amount in half. And basically, it would have limited the tax-free wealth transfers. But that has been dropped, and that could have impacted real estate significantly. So... The current rules provide a stepping basis upon debt. So that means that if a person owns an asset that has appreciated, the basis of the property stepped up to the fair market value at the time of the debt. That was the current rule before the updated version. So that was basically the previous rule. So for instance, if Kevin owns a portfolio of real estate that is worth a million dollars, today. And let's say he purchased it back in 1980 for $100,000. So let's say that by the time the portfolio is worth a million dollars, he dies and leaves the portfolio to his children and they inherit Kevin's real estate portfolio. So today, and that was before the update, but basically today, the heirs are not going to pay any capital gains tax on a million dollar portfolio. Now, if they sold the portfolio for a million and a half a year later, then they pay capital gains tax on half a million dollars, which is the delta between a million and a million and a half. But based on the older version of the tax bill, the heirs would carry over the basis of the descendant. So basically, they would pay capital gains tax on the delta between the original purchase price of the property, which is $100,000 in our example, and a million dollars of the value of the property at death, which means that they would need to pay capital gains tax on the appreciated amount of $900,000. So, you know, basically a person's debt was considered a transaction based on the version in a tax bill that has been dropped since then. So, you can see that this could have impacted real estate significantly. And I think one of the major concerns is a lot of, you know, farmers that have a farm. They're not very wealthy, but they have a farm that provides for their family and they want their kids to inherit it so they can keep feeding their own kids and their families. And if the farm costs, you know, $50,000 and now it costs a million dollars, Basically, it would force 
farmers that inherited lands to sell the assets, to sell the farms that have been providing for them and their families because they they had to pay capital gains tax on the appreciation, which, I mean, it's not money in their pockets. So that could have been very impactful for farmers across the U.S. But this is good news because it means that you can, as a passive investor, create wealth and accumulate assets and transfer them to your kids and they would not pay tax on the delta between, you know, the amount that you purchased the real estate and the appreciation, you know, the value at time of death. And that's a really great way of transfer wealth tax-free, you know, and that has been going on for generations and generations. And so that's one of the ways to build wealth, to take care of your family. And it doesn't necessarily have to be millions and tens of millions of dollars. Even if you bought a home at $250,000 and at time of death, which nobody wants to think about their debt, but at time of death, your kids receive it and it's worth $1.2 million, they're not going to have to pay tax on the appreciated amount, only if they sell it at $2 million, for instance, then they'll pay the delta between those $2 million and the $1.2 million. But the basis basically starts at the value that the assets value at time of death, which is, you know, this is huge. And I'm actually glad that that was dropped. So it's very, very good news for real estate. Of course, the limitation on IRA investing that was dropped, that's great news, you know, as well. And I would say, you know, all the other increases to income tax, actually that would push more and more investors to invest in real estate because of all the tax benefits that they can take advantage of to lower their taxable income. So, of course, I'm not a CPA. I'm not a registered investment advisor. So this is not an official advice. Always consult with your investment advisor, CPA, and and attorney. But right now, the way that things look, it looks really good, at least on the real estate front. And it's good news for the industry. And I hope that it's going to continue, that the tax bills are going to be very favorable to real estate because this is a big portion of the U.S. economy and what keeps the transaction volume moving forward in the U.S. And without favorable, you know, rules and regulations in place, you take a big part of the economy, which is real estate, and you make it less relevant, and that's going to impact a lot of people. So I'm really glad that those two very, very important additions to the tax bill were dropped. So real estate remain a very, very interesting and attractive investment vehicle. That's it for today, guys. Be bold, be great, keep pushing forward, and I'll see you on the next episode. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.